What is up, everybody? Welcome to the UFC 297 Super Preview. 297. You know what that means. We are close to three. We had some big news for 300 this week. Uh, the biggest, the biggest, I think, being Max Holloway and Justin Gaethje for the BMF title. Oh my goodness! Just look at that. Oh mm. my goodness! What? It doesn't a seem real. Even seeing the picture. What a banger! Oh my goodness! You know how many fights are there? If you could pick, if you could just hand pick any fights, how many are there out there? Any two fighters, any weight class that you would say are more entertaining than these two guys right here? This shit was nuts. No, I'm not bro. gonna I lie to you. Me. I'm not gonna lie to you. I said there was only a few like guys they could have left for three hundred. In a, I wouldn't be opposed to this being the main event. Worst case scenario, no one's mad at that, bro. Max and Justin Gaethje, especially Max. Max has been a guy that if there's somebody that deserves to headline UFC 300, it is Max Holloway because he has been there this whole goddamn decade and before that, and he's still in his prime. And he's moving up a weight class to take on the BMF. This gives me chills. Dana's just like... Like, you know how when you're like a kid and you're like on like NBA 2K, you're just like create a player, create a team. That's all Dana's doing with this car is just creating just, it's like, it's really going to, it's insane. He really just gets to pick what he wants, pick who fights. It's insane. Um, We also got Jim Miller and Bobby Green on there. We were waiting on the Jim Miller news. We finally get it. Jim he had Miller. To go get it. He had to go get a dub last week first. Yep. He looked so Jim good. On and he UFC 100, partner. 200, and 300. That is some legend shit right there. I feel like a broken record. I've said this so many times, but old men are not very common in this sport because men die young because this is a game for killers. And Jim Miller is still a killer. I feel disrespected forever calling freaking Juliana Miller killer Miller because Jim Miller is the real killer Miller. This dude went out there. And got another W on the fight night last weekend. And then not two days later, he already has his next fight lined up. You know he went to the UFC headquarters. He said, yeah, I'll boost up this fight night for y'all. But I'm going to win. I'm going to win by finish. And I'm going to get on UFC 300. And look at him now. Versus Bobby Green. And that is a banger of a fight as well. Got to ask you first. We'll track back around real quick. Odds have Justin Gaethje at about a minus 200 favorite. Max at about plus 170 right now. How do you feel about that one going in? I don't know. Like, I would imagine like two very similar styles as far as just brawling, going to stand in the pocket on exchange. Um, so I think if that's the case, you kind of just take the guy who's bigger. Yeah, that's probably what they think. Um, yeah, like, I don't... How is there a... Like, what's the path to Max winning? I don't think he's going to... I don't think Car, he's knocking Justin. Cardio. That's the path right there. Max has some of the greatest cardio in UFC history. So you get that thing past the third round with Max Holloway, and he's still going to be the same exact guy he was in the first round. And I think there's that's maybe a, a fight, bro. It's a big fight, bro. 
There's maybe one or two guys in UFC history that have the cardio that Max Holloway does. One of them, Alex Volkanovsky, maybe Cain Velasquez, cardio Cain when he wasn't at altitude. But Max is one of those rare breeds where he can just go and go and go. So I think if he survives the initial onslaught from Gaethje, if those leg kicks don't impact him too bad, I like my guy blessed here. You know I'm you know I'm rocking with the Bless Express because I have to. I can't get off the train at this point. I freaking love that dude. So let's go, Max, bro. I'm so fired up. So we still don't we still don't have a main event yet, right? Like we're like no. we're just we don't have a main event yet. I've heard I've heard Izzy versus the winner of this weekend if things go according to plan. Mm. I've heard it. I've heard it. it he is sense. gonna be he is gonna be there, they said. Bro, you know that Izzy, like I know that he said two months ago that he's done he doesn't want to come back, but you can't see all this and not want to come back. He's really gonna run it. He's really gonna run the show for the last five years and then disappear right before UFC three hundred. That'd be the greatest revenge story. He's going to get off some crazy narratives in that fight, whatever happens. You know he Either loves way, the storyline. He has it He has it written up with Drikus or Strickland. You know, you know he loves the storyline. <laughs> He's a big, big, big storyline guy. A little, Almost a little too much for my liking. I like to let the storylines just develop nah, bro, it's, 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 it's anime, bro. Everything's a story, anime. I know. He really does treat his life like an anime. Yeah. But... I would go crazy if Izzy on 300, baby. Max, Max Gaethje, is that the co-main over uh, Yuri? Nah, you gotta do the, as much as I'd want it to be, you got to do a title. You have to. It's not a title, though. I mean, Poetan's not, Poetan's not in the mix. I, I know they're bigger guys. But... Wait, which one were you saying? Uh, sorry, Yuri Prohaska and uh, Alexander Rakic. Because right now that's listed as the co-main. I think it's just because they're bigger guys. But there's no way you no, put that. No, the co-main is, right now the co-main has got to be Zhang and Yao Zanon. Oh, I've, dude, that's actually a really good fight too. I've been high yeah. on that Yao Zanon girl ever since she had that no, uh, nasty knockout. And I know Zhang yeah. Weili can do the damn thing. So this one, this is one of those rare girl fights, one of those one percenters where you want to tune in and watch. Yeah, or just go grab your beers because the fights below that are bangers. What do you say? Take a piss, take a shit, get some food, get some beer during the girl fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's what we'll yeah. be doing on the co-main this weekend for sure. Yeah. Let's get into it. <laughs> UFC 297 main event, Sean Strickland versus Driscus Duplessis. Two title mm. fights here. Obviously, Strickland and DDP for the middleweight title of the world. Then we have Raquel Pennington and Bueno Silva for the bantamweight championship, the vacant bantamweight championship. We are in Canada. We know how much Eric loves Canada cards. Um, yeah, let's get into it. I know there's some fights on the prelims you wanted to break down, so take it away, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got one of my favorite guys. He actually has the best nickname in the whole entire UFC. We've got Charles Air Jordan taking on Sean Woodson in a banger of the fight. This is the second to last fight on the prelims. It takes place at featherweight right now. Air Jordan is a slight favorite. Let me get the odds up because I move my papers around. Air Jordan is at minus 200, so actually a heavy favorite. Sean Woodson, plus 170. But the thing is, is that they're they're similar fighters. 
They're both kind of rangy guys, like to get that good timing, hit the clean strikes, clean combos, dynamic, athletic. And Sean Woodson, Sean Woodson is 6'2 at the 145-pound division, which is freakishly tall. The champion of that division, Volkanovski, is like 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, for reference. Yeah. So that's kind that's of tall. I'm always, big on, I'm, always, I'm always big on Woodson, bro, just because of his length, but mm-hmm. obviously he hasn't. I mean, he's 10-1, so. I had to watch some film on the guy for this one. I had to watch some film because I really didn't know, and I'm a big Air Jordan fan, so I'm not just going to turn on him for no reason. And Air Jordan sold me on the film for this one. I think he's just faster. I think he's got a better ground game. I think he has cleaner striking. He's more technical. The only thing that Woodson really has on him is the length. I feel like they're very similar fighters. Jordan is more skilled, but Woodson's just taller and longer. But with that being said, I like Jordan. And if you're looking for a sneaky one, I like Jordan by submission. Because mm. Jordan has improved his ground game greatly in his last few fights. And in Sean Woodson's last fight, he shot for three takedowns. And he had never shot for a takedown before his last fight. So he might feel like his wrestling game is getting a little better. Like he might be able to do this, do that. Take down Air Jordan. And next thing you know, he's stuck in a guillotine. So I am not against Charles Jordan by submission on this one. Let me see if we got the odds up yet. I know usually on Wednesdays we don't got our we don't got our sniper odds yet, but we'll definitely be putting that on the IG if it's not. Let me see. Give me a second. Give me a second. All right. So if you wanted to do Charles Air Jordan by sub, you got it at plus six hundred. Keep that in mind. If you're desperate, if you've been losing. If you didn't listen to us, if you faded us and you've gotten your first couple fights wrong, just fire a little Air Jordan on submission. Put him in a, a parlay to juice it up. A little lunch money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm all over Air Jordan for this one. He's a minus 200 favorite, as I said, if you wanted it for money line, If you wanted him to win inside the distance, you could go Charles Jordan inside the distance for plus 165. I might just do that if my money's already up, which it will be. I'm going Charles Air Jordan plus 165. I like it. I like it. Good, good stylistic matchup there. Different, different styles. Um, big win. If Sean Woodson gets a winner, that's a really big win for him. Great opportunity for him. Very. Yeah. This is like one of those. That's what also kind of scares me because usually the UFC gives the guy that they want to boost up a guy that they think he can beat. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense because they're similar styles and Sean Woodson's 6'2 and Jordan's 5'9. So it makes sense why the UFC would think that. But I think Jordan's just that guy. And I also don't think he's losing on his home turf because he is from Canada. And this fight is taking place in Canada. And I'm not a Canada fan, by the way, but I got the shirt out of Thrift Shop and and it's pretty cool. Never wear it. So I had to wear it today. But I do think there's some communists. Yeah. Next fight of the night, we've got one of our one of our le- one of our less liked guys um, in the whole UFC. I would say, even though he is from Connor's team, he acts nothing like Connor. We got <laughs> Brad Katona taking on Garrett Armfield in the headliner of the prelims. Yeah, Brad. Ah, man, I'm just not a I'm not a Katona guy one bit. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Brad Katona coming in. 
as a minus 200 favorite on this one right here. I guess, I guess it, it makes sense because Garrett Armfield, he hasn't done anything crazy. He's coming off of one win, but he did get subbed by uh, David Onama in the fight before that. But with that being said, I'm going with Garrett Golden Gloves Armfield on this one. He's 27 years old. He's an up-and-comer, and I'm almost going with the logic that everyone that can make it into that bantamweight division and get a marquee fight at 27 years old has something to show. And we know that Katona, he might be a good fighter, but he's not a great fighter. He's not going to jump up into that top 10 ranking rankings, I don't think. He's in his... Uh, let me see how old he is. He's 32 years old already. So, Mike, another thing I say like a broken record, at the small weight classes, you age a lot faster. So I wouldn't be surprised if Garrett Golden Gloves Armfield had the speed advantage, the chin advantage, just the athleticism. I think Katona is more skilled, and that's why they're putting him at minus 200. But I'm taking a stab here. I'm taking a stab at Garrett Armfield plus 165 money line. Give me Brad, baby. Give me Brad. Let's rock. Fair enough. Give me Brad. Fook Brad. (laughs) All right, moving on to to the main card. This opening fight might be the one that I'm second most excited for. I can't lie. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I'll put it up on the screen real quick. Shouts to Alfred from the Grid Network as well. He made us some fantastic graphics that y'all are about to see. We've got our own grid outside the cage, tail of the tapes. Here we go. We've got Arnold Allen versus Most Far Evil Lev. I'm telling you, hey, that 17-0 looks a lot worse after that Diego Lopes fight. Yeah, facts. I do think Diego Lopes is a guy. But with that being said, like, on a short notice camp, Evilev should have been able to put him out of there quicker than he did, or just not have it be a 50 50 fight because Diego Lopes and Evilev was one of the fights of the year. That thing was close. Lopes almost had him out of there three or four times. And he was coming off the couch. Evilev was on a full camp. And then on the other yeah. side, we have Arnold Allen, who stood in there with Max Holloway for five rounds in his last fight. Definitely yeah. got outclassed. But I think that's the that's the tough thing here. We have Evilev moving up from Diego Lopes, and we have Arnold Allen moving down from Max Holloway. If you have a loss to Max Holloway at Featherweight, does it really count as a loss? That's not you had to be good enough to fight him. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't uh <laughs> it's almost so like a I have, Yeah, I don't know. This is tough here. The more you broke it down for me, I'm scared. I had Evilov in my parlay. <laughs> ah, damn. I mean, I think Lopes, I I think Lopes is the guy, too, though. So it's hard to just um, say yeah, Lopes is one of those guys off the couch. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm wi- I mean, stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck now. I got to go. I got to go. Uh, I got to go Evilov because he's in my parlay. But I like everything you said there. Ah, good featherweight matchup here. Really good. <laughs> Very really good. good. Really good. Really good. Really good. Say say there was a line for Arnold Allen by decision for plus 325. What would you think of that? I'd probably take it because I think it's going the distance. All of Evilev's last five, probably more fights have gone the distance. 
and Allen just went the distance. Um, yeah, so I don't think I don't think either one can finish. I think if Arnold wins, I don't think he can finish Ivalov. And if Ivalov wins, he's just going to dominate and like control the fight. He's not going to finish him. So I like that. Yeah, and say say you're in a case like you just are where um oh wow will the fight go the distance? Yes, minus three hundred. So <laughs> I think people are in agreement yeah, with yeah. you. I would say take a stab at your winner by decision here. Yeah. Whether you have Evil Ev or Allen winning, you I think you gotta bet him by decision. Arnold Allen's a finisher, but Evil Ev just fights such a style to where it's just hard for either guy to finish. Yeah. And we can't forget, dude, Arnold Allen made Dan Hooker. I love Dan Hooker, but he made Dan Hooker look like shit in that fight yeah and then dan hooker went out there and beat jalen turner <sighs> can't do mma I, math bro we've been over this i know i know i know you, you love mma math you can't be doing mma math yeah i graduated from college in one year with a degree in piece of shit so i'm not too <laughs> great of a mathematician either way yeah so but I, I i mean i like i still like evil Ev here but yeah I, I would like you said i like the stab there with the plus money and the decision take your winner by decision but yeah, I I I like you're you're down in on that one. Thank you. I just can't I see you. It's hard to root for a Russian. It really is. Relax. We're trying to get him out of here. Relax. <laughs> oh, they just they don't most of them don't have fun fights. I will yeah, say Ankalaev like, though. I put money on Ankalaev though. I was in Mammoth. Everyone else in the house was jacked up about Johnny Walker. They thought he could get the job done. And I'd ankle live at the end of my part. I said, did y'all not watch the last fight? Are y'all stupid or what? We yeah. saw how the, we saw this. We saw this song already played on the guitar. We know how it's yeah, going to yeah. go. And yeah, yeah I was right. Sorry. Our next fight, we have Chris Curtis versus Mark Andre Berriolt. Chris mm-hmm. Curtis is minus 190. Andre Berriolt is plus 160, the Canadian. Um, I... We have a teletape for this one or no? Uh, yes, we do. My bad. I was. No, you're good. You're good. Right. I just don't want to ruin the graphic here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Mark Andre Barrio six one to Chris Curtis is five ten. Um, three years younger. I like. I'm gonna take a stab here on, on Mark Andre Barrio. He's won his last two. Um, good win over Eric Anders, and then a knock coming off a knockout win over Julian Marquez. Um, Chris Curtis, obviously 36 years old, um, lost to Kevin Gaslin, lost to Jack Harmanson. Um, I just, I, I, I see him trending down and I see Andre Burial kind of not trending up, but he's won his last two fights. Um, so home crowd, home guy, I'm going to go Mark Andre Burial here in this one. I, I think, I think, I think I like the real value here. I like this play a lot. I like this play a lot. I'm going to go Mark Andre Burial plus 160 to win. This was damn near my play of the day. I am right there with you. Literally for all the reasons you said. I was looking at it. You look at Chris Curtis's losses. He didn't really have he didn't have any great losses. I know there's never a great loss, but you know what I mean? There's no one that yeah. beat him where you're like, "Wow, that's a guy. We're not going to count that one on him." All of his losses were against people that you could beat if you're going to be a top 10 guy in that division. And Mark Andre, like you said, he's been trending up. So I'm I'm literally in the same exact boat as you. This was damn near my play of the day. I hate to go against Chris Curtis because I like him. I like the 
Eric Nixick Extreme Couture team in general. But I have to go against him here. Like you said, all over Mark Andre on this one. Plus money. I don't really have a method, yeah. honestly. I feel like Curtis usually is tough enough to go the distance, but he also kind of leaves himself out there once it goes bad. So he could just get finished as well. Yeah. Our next fight, third fight from the top, we got Neil Magny versus Mike Mallett. Good one here. Good one here. An interesting matchup here. Uh, oh, I put the wrong one. Jeez, I don't even think we... That's on me. Didn't oh, get good. it in there in time. Uh, Mike we... Mallett, 10-1, 32 years old versus Neil, Neil Magny, 36 years old. Mike Mallett, big favorite here, minus 385. Um, I personally think Mike Mallett does win. I don't like the number. There's nothing I like for methods. So, um, yes, Mike Mallett wins. I have no bet here, I believe. I believe I don't have a bet for this one, right? Mm, I didn't see anything. I will I say, don't. Mike Mallett, he was the – besides Charles Oliveira knocking out Benil, Mike Mallett was the most exciting part of that last card in Canada. He was – he was the one guy that I wasn't too familiar with going into that card that I walked out of that card saying this could be a guy in that division. And I feel like they gave him kind of a, not like a feed him to the wolves fight here, but I don't know. We know, we know who Magni is. Yeah. We know what he's there for. So I expect Mallet to get the job done. Magni is really hard to finish. But with that being said, I think I think Malet's going to be going all out for the finish in front of his home crowd. Knows that this is a big chance for him to get himself on the radar. So let me see what the odds are right now, because they're always changing. You know, um, Mike Mela inside the distance minus two fifteen. God damn it! Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There's nothing I like there. There's nothing you really yeah. Maybe throw Mike in a parlay. No, I mean. Yeah, but I mean, throwing a three eighty five in a parlay is not really gonna, not really worth the reward you're really gonna get if he loses. Hey, so, hey, I've been doing the live bet college basketball blowout parlays lately. I put like one close game in there and put a bunch of blowouts live bet, and just to boost it up a little bit, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. All right, let's get into our co-main event of the evening for the women's vacant bantamweight title. Raquel Pennington versus Myra Bueno Silva. Bueno Silva, 32 years old. Raquel Pennington, 35 years old. Um, bueno Silva coming off a no contest versus Holly Holm. Up until then, she had won three in a row. Uh, you can argue. Hey, we know why that no contest was, right? Yeah. Steroids. You can argue not many great wins. Um. You could argue none. Yeah, and then same for same for uh, Pennington. I mean, but literally, bro. Pennington I was like, "How is this a title fight?" Yeah, Pennington coming off a split decision win, which, I mean, split decision. Now you get a title shot. I don't know. I don't know the matchmaking here, but I just, you know, and this this is kind of just what it comes down to. I just don't see a world where sixteen and nine. 35-year-old Raquel Pennington is the champion. It just can't be a real thing, right? Yeah. But, like, if you tell me, like, a 32-year-old, 10-2, and 11-2 if she wins, Brazilian is the champ, I'd be like, all right. 
it sounds a lot better. Yeah, I just a I lot just better. I'm all over Bueno Silva here, minus 170. All over it. Me too. All over it. I almost want to go uh, Bueno Silva by submission because in Pennington's last loss, I'm pretty sure she lost by sub. And Bueno Silva, that's her number one way to get people out of there. So if I wanted to juice it up a little bit, you ready for my hot take on this fight? It does not involve betting at all. It involves the division. Mm. If this isn't a banger, this division's done. Whoa. Done. Scrapped. Just like 145. Fuck them. I can't remember the last time we saw a fun fight here. I can't. Maybe, Maybe every once in a while there's a crazy one, but they're just... I don't know. I think... I mean, this it kind of tells you all you need to know. Nunez retires, and this is your vacant title fight. Yes, and okay. If you're the UFC, are there more? Are there more girls that are athletic and could put on good fights that make one thirty-five or that make hundred five pounds? I think we've got to put in the atom weight division. If we do take out the the woman's bantam weight, let's throw atom weight in there. I know they're small, but like we like flyweight. We like bantamweight. They're fast. They're skilled. Women are naturally smaller. Let's put some small woman in there and have them fight. <laughs> that sounds not, bad. That like sounds weird. You, but. If you, but if you scrap the 35 division, I, I just think you just scrap the division and then there's less girl fights in general. That's why we add 105. But I don't, yeah. don't want to add more girl fights. So just scrap the division and that's it. I'm not arguing that. I'm here for it. I'm just saying, I just, and I like, I like, bro, I'm a big fan of a lot of female fighters. I'm just saying, like, this is the best we can get at Bantamweight. Like, what the fuck? I don't know why they didn't throw uh, Juliana Pena in there, just for the name. She, You at least know that she's going to promote the fight and show up to fight and not just, like, put on a boring one. Because the Pena-Amanda fights, those were those were main event worthy, both of them. Yeah, both ended up being very exciting fights, but until we get another another lady up there that's that entertaining, I just don't really see a reason for this bantamweight women's division existing. Well, can we both agree to move to move on to the next fight here? <laughs> of course, man, gladly. I put you know what I put on my notes by that one. I put Z's like the sleeping with the dots. That's all I put. Here we go. The main event of the evening, the reason we're here, the reason we're buying this pay-per-view for those that buy it. Um, Sean Strickland versus Triscus Duplessis. A lot of similarities here in the reach, a lot of similarities in the height. Thirty uh, Two-year age difference, Sean Strickland's two years older. Triscus, 20-2, and two, coming off a huge win versus Robert Whitaker. Sean Strickland obviously coming off one of the biggest upsets in all time um, versus Israel Adesanya. First title defense here for him. Um, yeah, is it's is here. It's what it is. Yeah, I know that. So, did you see the stat that this is the first time there's been a middleweight title fight without your guy Israel Adesanya in five to six years? I don't remember which one it was, but it was either five or six. Yeah, that hurts, tough. but I, I don't yeah. think he's going to be gone for a long time. To be honest, when you put the graphic up, it kind of, it kind of, it kind of hit me. 
tough. Damn. My guy, bro. My guy. Hopefully we don't have to go that go through that with our guy Suge for another like eight years. Yeah. But anyway, this fight, um, about as close to a pick'em as you can get. I think it'll probably end at a pick'em. Um I just I like obviously the way Sean Strickland beat Izzy with the pressure and kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. I think Driscus is the same way. That's how he beat Robert Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Um, we were there. So I think, I think yeah, we, we were there. So I think in this, I just think if both guys pressure, both guys pressure, I just think Driscus has a better chance of finding the chin. Yeah. I just, I like Driscus here. I like Driscus a lot here. I'm, I'm not, no I, I, I'm, I, I, yeah, no bias. I, I think Driscus wins this fight. I truly do. I I was on that for I mean I know I picked Drikas to be my middleweight champ in a year from when we did our famous video but now that we get closer I just don't know dude because every time Drikas has fought in his last couple of fights I've said the same thing he's just not that skilled he's not that good he's just an athletic specimen and I heard Strickland say he was beating dead horses in his Brunson win and his Whitaker win the Brunson one, I completely agree with. The Whitaker one, that really threw me for a loop because we all had Whitaker as our biggest lock. But Drikas just yeah. made him look like a he made him look like he belonged in welterweight. He just looked so yeah. much bigger and stronger. But I think Strickland, I think as as many physical advantages Drikas has over Strickland, Strickland has more skill advantages over Drikas because I think Strickland is one of the most skilled fighters in the whole UFC. He got his leg ran over by a motorcycle. He has probably the least mobility out of anybody that's not a heavyweight. And he still just finds a way to get it done with that Philly shell, that elite technique. And I think he's going to use that to just frustrate Drikas and win by decision here. So I was I was really going back and forth on this one too because I agree with everything you said. I think it's going to be one of those fights where they both stand in the pocket and Drikas has the the physical abilities to get it done more than Strickland does. But I think that Strickland's skill, and on top of that, I think he's at the best camp in the world right now. We've seen what Eric Nixick has done with that Extreme Couture team. We saw him get Francis ready to go box Tyson Fury, and he beat Tyson Fury. Eric Nixick is on some shit right now, just how Eugene was like a year or two ago. Shit changes fast in this sport. Nixick is the king right now of the coaches. I believe that he's going to have him a lot more ready than they're going to have Drikas ready in South Africa. I'm not saying that his gym's bad, but it's just not at the level extreme Couture's at. Strickland was yeah. sparring with Johnny Eblen, who's the Bellator middleweight champ of the world. He was sparring with him last week just casually. They could bring in guys like that. Strickland could go, says, Oh, I want to face some spout. I want to face some power. Let me go get Francis, call him up, have him spar a few rounds with me. I just, I don't know. I think that gym is so elite right now. And I think Strickland is doing everything to get ready for this one. Have you seen the pictures, the side by side of how ripped he looks for this fight compared to the Izzy fight? Yeah, bro. My, I, I was going to say, I think like uh, how before he was kind of just like, I'm just going to spar every day. All I'm going to do is fight. I'm not going to train. But I think once he became the champ, he realized, like, I have to do these things to sustain what I – because I think once he got the feeling of being the champ, he's like, bro, I want to sustain this. He's like – so I think he really had, like, a good, like, 
coming to God moment. It was like, I, I can't keep doing what I'm doing if I want to su sustain this success. So I think he's being a lot more technical. Looks like he's like in way better shape instead of just sparring for an hour and getting out of there. Like he's doing the things. And like we said, bro, like you become 70% better, 30% better, whatever it is when you become champ. So mm -hmm. we see it now with Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards looks untouchable right now. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, I probably need to see it one more time in Strickland to really believe it. But I mean, I like, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely the lines is what it should be. It can go either way here. And let's just like look in the future a little bit. Winner of this fight, does he does uh, is he get him no matter what, or is there a chance that Hamza weasels his way in there? I think whoever comes out of this fight, if they come out. No injuries. I think Dana White calls Izzy. Are you ready to go? If it's a yes, obviously we rock. If it's a no, I think they call Hamzat. Oh, that just, dude, I like Hamzat. He's a huge name, but he hasn't fought a middleweight. He hasn't fought a ranked middleweight yet. I know I asked the question if he's going to get the title shot, but. Now that I think about it some more, dude, he just can't. It has to be Izzy. Or even, I would put Cannoneer above Hamzat. Yeah, I mean. Shot. Yeah. I think Hamzat. I mean, that's, fight, that's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. Because Hamzat is the, if you get Hamzat on 300, that boosts it a lot. And he's one of those guys that's going to be around for the next decade or half decade. So they're going to want to boost him to the casual fan because there's going to be a lot of people watching UFC 300 that don't watch all the fight nights and all the other pay-per-views. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Yes, sir. Um, You got any other... Oh, shit. Let me send him real quick. Let me ask you about... Shit. Um... I'm a bot. I was getting ready for this for like hours and I just kept forgetting to do the simplest things. Like once we actually locked in. Do you think that, uh, do you think that the trash talk between Dr uh, Strickland and Drikas is going to play any role in the fight? Like, do you think Strickland's no, going to go in there? 95% of the times that shit doesn't matter. Cause once we're announced to fight, I wanna I wanna hurt you anyway. True. Like we're in a, we're in a locked we're in a locked cage with millions of people watching us on TV and in the arena. So like I already want to beat you as bad as I want to beat you. I don't think anything you can say to me is gonna make me want to beat you more. Mm. That's how I would feel personally. Yeah, it's like if you need extra motivation to get into the right mindset, you're probably yeah. in the wrong sport in general. And I think there's sometimes you can get emotional. And like rush in and try to like go crazy, like um, uh, Aldo versus McGregor. Yeah, like that. But I mean, it was a good intention. Like he's trying to hurt him. Like you know. Mm hmm. It's just like exactly though. You try to hurt him and you get away from your game plan a little bit. Yeah, Strickland's yeah, yeah, very yeah, technical. Yeah. He doesn't have a chin. So like, say instead of just throwing a one-two then covering up he throws a one two three and then covers up that leaves an extra millisecond for drikas to land that jab that took bobby knuckles out of there and now that 
We're done with our professional stalling. We're really getting good at that shit. Here's Jalen's bets right here. Hey, baby. We're starting it off with Mark andre Burial plus 153. We're going to risk 50 to win 76. I did have a thing. I did have Mike Mallett on here. Here we go. <laughs> What's up? Plus 110. 42 I like that plus money for anything Mallet. I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, as I talked about, I'm all over Bueno Silva here. We're going to go 100 to risk 58. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go Driscus Duplessis, plus 110, 50 to 155. I like this one a lot here. Driscus Duplessis, Sean Strickland, over one and a half, minus I 200. I love that. I love that. We're going to go 100 to 150. Our parlay, Bueno Silva, minus 170. Mavsar, Evalov, minus 200. DDP and Strickland, over one and a half, minus 200, baby. We're just going to come in at 50 to win 128. Let's go. Bro, I like that. You triple your money, but safely. Yeah, try to. Try to. Hell yeah. All right. Um, I really got to piss, so I think it's our time All to right. get out of here. Yes, and sir. Until next week, we'll be talking this Saturday, posting stuff up, posting up some more bets, everything. Doses.